For almost a decade on my TV show, Interview with Ed, I've been interviewing extra-dimensional beings and consciousnesses from a number of different realms. Many of my questions have been answered, but with every answer comes more questions. Join me on my ongoing quest to find out who are we, why are we here, and where are we going? Uh, today, our special guest is Gita Rose. Hi, Gita. Hello. Thank you for having me, Ruben. Thanks for having all of us. Doing what yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, swinging with the schedules. And, you know, today we're, we're in Sedona. We're going to go see Lyrica in a few uh, minutes. Um, Gail and Lyrica, who's been on here. And uh, we're going to do some follow-ups on our school project, which... Um, which Gita, you were a part of the the inception in a mm-hmm. sense. You were there. You were there during the special magic. Um, so I figured, why don't we just start talking about that that moment? Uh, I mean, people know who you are, obviously, from the show, but um, we can. Uh, I, I just thought that was just a a, a strange coincidence, right? Synchronicity, no such thing as coincidence. Thank you for the correction. Um, yeah, because we had planned to film uh the for the first time my episode mm-hmm. uh, in Northern California. So you came out to where I was living at the time, and then as synchronicity would have it, there was a Bashar event happening in Oakland that they actually had the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull like present on stage right. for the um and in live events uh with Bashar I would usually kind of go into like an alternate state um which you'd witness a couple of times I don't I think that oh, was the first that was time. The, that was the first time so I time yeah yeah I didn't realize the uh, power of yeah. what was happening and, and that time we had the skull so I, I thought it was more skull related well it was but it it would happen yeah. all the time, uh, regardless, that I would go into a space where, yeah, I was kind of in the channeling state and I could feel myself being a part of the communication. Um, I would get answers or know where he was going to go before he went there, or I could feel myself being part of like the community being like, not at this time, one moment. Like, no, I was, yeah, very much like in this kind of third space part of the communication more so on their end in a way than in our physical space uh, but that day in oakland that whoo that d- puppy turned it up to 13 for sure it's up to 11 but we cranked it all the way up to 13 and i think it really was the amplification of the skull being uh in the in the space that yeah, I was getting all sorts of information about the skull itself i was taken to this um a place that I can continue to go back to in meditation where it's almost like this, uh, I don't like a hall of records kind of space where I was able to access and go around. And then if you remember after during the lunch break, I was like, someone would have thought you would have given me like a heavy dose of mushrooms or something like I right, could. Right. I was like looking at an egg roll at the restaurant. Like I'd never seen food before and like, then yeah. So um, yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience, uh, all of us being there together. I think it uh, maybe set off many different little seeds of inspiration that day, for sure. Absolutely. And and uh, so you were actually the first, our first experience of what we've now, Steve and I have coined the term skullawaska. 
Um, <laughs> and, and we didn't know what it, we didn't know what it, so you were in Skolawaska, but we didn't have the term. We didn't know what was happening, but after your experience, uh, this, it's an ongoing theme throughout our, our show, people come to sit with the skull and, um, not everybody, but several times, especially we've noticed more people intuits and, and channels who are, you know, in front of the school and have a session, uh, they, yeah, full yeah. on Skolawaska, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to have my like close up moment with it that day, the skull was, I don't know, probably, what would you say? 50 feet away from us yeah, on the stage. Yeah. You could, so you were, you were getting, uh, skullified. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming up with all these new terms. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, it was the strange synchronicity after that. You know, Steve and I, um, we were talking with you and then on the drive back to LA, we were really kind of getting this, uh, concept about, oh, a TV show and oh, it could be cool or not. I, were we thinking TV show? I think we were thinking TV show first, then we were thinking movie. We were kind of all over the place, but <laughs> this concept of creating some sort of media outlet for the, the skull and for the legends and the other skulls and. And I just wanted to acknowledge that you were there to kind of kick the whole thing off. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Just we're oh. all just playing our part, showing up. <laughs> so, so after that, actually, you and I, we, we uh, produced and did the uh, ETA contact retreat in Hawaii, which uh, brought us up to literally we were there when the lockdowns got announced. <clears throat> we were trying to get out. We were at the airport for like nine hours trying to get a flight out. It's kind of a pain in the butt. But after that, we really haven't communicated that much yeah. uh, other than a couple quick texts here and there checking in. Um, what's been happening? Get us caught up to speed. Because that was right after, that was right when season two, your episode, I think, had just kind of, it was getting ready to come out after the retreat. It came out and um, and now we're, you know, we're deep in season three and um, skull stuff for, for us. The audience knows what I've been doing, but what have you been doing? Um. Well, gosh, uh, it's so interesting. I'm sure so many of us feel this way, like the last three years almost just feels like an absolute blur. You know, it feels like 15 years and then it also feels like two weeks. Uh, so honestly, it was such a beautiful like transition for me. It was such like a beautiful like um, like passage initiation in a way. Um, I honestly had more money than I had ha ever had at one time uh because of the unemployment uh and uh after the episode aired there were a lot of people that were finding me um and booking sessions so i did a lot of that and then really just spent a lot of time out in nature um i was living in marin county at the time and so um i broke the rules and found different places that i could go and find different trails that connected to to different spots yeah and just spent a lot a lot of time out in nature and connecting deeper to elementals and to just the nature of our own being um for me it's always been a deepening process of moving um different intellectual cognitive concepts into like a, a full sensory embodiment experience right um and i keep getting guided in different points back to like hey just remember that like aliens are real just stay right there like this is real 
that like, that's actually what our DNA is. Okay, see it right there. Just like breathe, take that in. Um, or also concepts of like, um, this is fully a projection. I'm not, I'm not in an experience. The experience is in me. <laughs> wow. Um, and everything is a reflection of my belief systems, of my own consciousness, like things that we cognitively understand, right? right? But the whole process, I really think of what we're referring to as our ascension, as our waking up, is being able to fully move those intellectual understandings into an actual like being and embodiment of it. So I spent a lot, you know, of time just doing that and sinking in in different ways. And um, and then as things started to open up, I was able to go and uh, spend some time in Hawaii. This was last year. Um, <clears throat> and I was there for almost a month. Uh, and my in excitement, my intention was to go over and spend some time with some of my Hawaiian friends and to learn a lot more about the specifics of their history um, in terms of the illegality of their annexation. Um, so learning really a lot about the uh, Hawaiian kingdom and doing a lot of like pragmatic research uh, just to understand the uh, we might say the longstanding coup that took place during the 1800s that then actually created this illegal statehood. Um, and speaking with Hawaiians that um, come from a belief standpoint, not only of this being um, the actual truth, and really there's so much information out there at this point right now. This is something that I'm really passionate that more people really, again, move it from a, a, an intellectual like understanding into like a full like embodiment and empathic holding of this. Um, yeah, they teach classes now at HU about this, Hawaiian University. Wow. Definitely not a conspiracy theory. Full on facts, and there's lots oh, of conspiracy, but you know what I mean. There's full what, on facts go into it. What's the is there a way to sum that up really quick for what? What's well, the, yeah, I think the main thing that people don't really understand is that um, Hawaii gained its independence from England in uh, 1843. In 1843, it was given its place as a sovereign state, a sovereign country uh, within the um, family of nations. Um, and the king at the time actually went and did the first world tour of its kind. Uh, we see a lot of, um, you know, different uh, kings and queens in England doing these different types of tours and, you know, Prince Charles and all this kind of stuff. But um, the king at the time in, in the 1840s, 1850s did this first kind of tour to introduce Hawaii into uh, the uh, the state of the nations, this family of nations. Um, and there's lots of treaties that have been documented then for like the next 30 years in terms of um, people not being able to like forcibly um, take over the islands in many different ways. Again, this is like a it's a lot of information that I'll do my best to kind of be concise. But right. One thing that people don't really understand. It wasn't um, necessarily different types of treaties that weren't honored like we have here on the mainland with indigenous peoples. It had reached a different level of international law. Um, Hawaii was already recognized fully as a part of this family of nations. And it's again, so a little bit different than what we refer to as the colonization that happened here on the mainland. 
This was longstanding coup of actually taking over a already recognized independent sovereign foreign country. Um, Yeah, because um, the Hawaiian, oh, one of my favorite facts too, because they're so progressive, right? The full nature of the uh, Hawaiian mentality is always aloha, uh, taking care of the land, oneself, when others, but also not being afraid to try new things. Like if there's there's a level of um, just logical nature, like why am I going to work during the heat of the day? No, I'm going to go to the beach and it's called Hawaii time because it's just smart. I'm going to go to beach during the middle of the day and and take a rest because I already worked early this morning when the sun was coming up. So I'm going to hang out when it's hot. And then after it cools down, I'm going to like, you know, work for a little bit until I lose light. It's just smart. Um, so also part of their mentality that has been an aspect of their being for thousands of years is to try new things. If it's if it's going to make your life easier, like, oh, let's do that. Like so right. traditional, but then also not afraid to, you know, expand and to to put things on your on your uh, poo poo platter. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like your buffet, your oh, okay. uh, your hors d'oeuvres. Right. So you're going to put right, right. on your on. Yeah. On your plate. So um, the king at the time that did this world tour, he actually met with Edison and learned about electricity and like, oh, that sounds like a smart thing. And so he actually had electricity put in the street of Oahu before there was electricity in the White House. Wow. So, again, it just kind of gives like there's these like little things that we really take it in. We're like, whoa, whoa. So their constitution was also extremely progressive. Um, anyone was able to vote. Anyone was able to own land. Um, didn't matter what country you were from, what race, what gender. Um, but Lili Okalani, who wrote a book called uh, Hawaii's Story by Hawaii's Queen, actually says at one part of it that this level of aloha is what actually led to the Hawaiian kingdom's downfall. Um, because there were a lot of missionaries, there were a lot of American families that had come over uh, that had been there during the sugar plantation times and then missionaries. And they had um, their desires in the financial potential aspects of Hawaii. Um, And then they were able, again, because the government was so progressive, they were able to be part of the government. Um, So that's where we get the um, initiation, we might say, of these different uh, subgroups, these different insurgent groups that started popping up probably around the 1860s or so. Um, And then we go to what is known as the Bayonet Constitution, uh, where the king was actually forced to sign, as the rumor goes, forced to sign this new constitution under the threat of uh, bayonet blades uh, to remove it so that Hawaiians could no longer own land or you had to have a certain amount of money to be able to own land. You had to have a certain amount of land, certain amount of money to be able to vote. Um, And so they changed the uh, constitution. Uh, That king actually ended up um, very mysteriously dying uh, on his way to San Francisco. Uh, and then his sister, Queen Lili Okalani, was put in reign. And one of her uh, first things that she wanted to do was to change that constitution, was to go back to the original constitution that the kingdom had had that gives the majority of rights back to the Hawaiians. Um, people didn't like that, first within these different insurgent groups. And so um, they 
basically lied to America and said, there's a rebellion that's about to happen and our lives are at stake. There's the lives also of the, you know, Hawaiian people that are at stake. We need military aid here. Uh, so 20,000 Marines then actually came and marched on the palace of Oahu in 1893. And Lili Okalani peacefully surrendered. Um, um, temporarily surrendered. Uh, and then she, and she, cause she was friends with, uh, again, it's like, you got to understand like where they were within this United Nations. There were already treaties happening. She had already been in contact with the president at the time. She was friends with queen Victoria. Like they weren't, you know, like they'd already been kind of right. playing this game for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically she then wrote to, um, the president at the time and said, was like, Hey, I'm putting a, um, the physical war on hold and now we're entering into legal war so now you can go and check this out and verify that like this isn't really happening there is no revolution happening like this isn't correct we know it's like we get what these dudes are trying to do right right but the president at the time then was quickly removed and another president was put in office um so yeah again it's a really long winded kind of explanation but there's lots of little points that once we understand it you go like whoa that's like really different from the story that we've been told and what was guiding you in this research hmm? what was your guiding factor in kind of trying to uncover the story and get get well, these nuggets and again what i've learned from uh the hawaiians and not every hawaiian will tell you this mm -hmm. and not every local is hawaiian um is that they've been on those islands since the beginning mm -hmm. that come from different parts of Polynesia, that they have their own creation story where they fully believe in the Anunnaki and the Pleiadians and different beings coming from Sirius. And they understand, we might say, um, the story that most of us in different ways are beginning to understand and put together. Uh, the, the, uh, Lemurian connections and these kinds that of things. New, the proper word for it is new Lemurian. Oh, right. Well, that's going further back is my understanding is that there's yes. Mu oh. and then Lemuria and then Atlantis Lemuria simultaneously and kind yeah. of going exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, but still Mu though. So so yes. if so we go back, yeah, back yeah. to the island, the nation of Mu. Yes. And that's their roots. And yes. they, they uh, many of the... Um, Indigenous, I say indigenous there, the, the, they, there's uh, still uh, th threads of that story in their culture, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, certain, certain groups on certain islands, so I've connected with people that believe these concepts, not only on the big island, but also Maui, and at this point also Kauai. And there's a couple of things that are different. But for the most part, they say that there was larger landmass, then they all call it Mu. Uh, and that, okay, they actually call it Mu. Yeah. Great. And Mu is actually, it is a Hawaiian word. Um, mm. And in one of the um, old words for Kauai is Mu. Uh, oh. And Mukini um, oh. is a word that is still used um, in, in also in, it's, you can find it in old chants and stuff like that, but that is like the people of uh of this place and it is kind of like mu is said to be kind of it's like the homeland or a heavenly realm mm. and even in polynesia uh the word for hawaii is uh hawaiiti or hawaiiki uh which actually means the homeland okay if you look at what 
you know, modern, um, you know, modern science or modern understanding tells us that's totally backwards. Mm -hmm. Right. So, right, um, like Hawaii was the most recent island and right. it just came. Yeah. 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 But in the Polynesian, right. in the Polynesian right. language it actually means homeland. Uh, so yeah. it means the same thing. And yeah, there's lots of Hawaiian words that have that mu, uh, kumu. That's where we get kumu from. So ku, ku means to, to stand, to rise, to be. Kumu is the modern word for teacher. It's what most people think, right? Um, right. But ku means to stand tall, to stand direct, to stand in alignment. Mu uh, means, yeah, the ancient understandings, the ancient homelands, the ancient realms. So kumu is to stand in that understanding of what Mu is, essentially. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So um, one one thing we're sort of go, actually diving into uh, with with the Skull Project is a big part of you know as you as you connect, said earlier, you're connecting to this Hall of Records and finding out this our ancient past, right? So um, we're actually planning to go up to Hopi land, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow was tomorrow, uh, day after tomorrow. Uh, we've been up there a couple of times for this project, but their, uh, traditions and they talk about how they're connected to the Maya and how the Maya is connected to the land of Mu in a sense. And the, and the Mayans came over during the great, or their, uh, Tata, who Steve had done the documentary, um, shift of the ages. Uh, and spent a lot of time with Tata and Tata talks about how during the great flood that they went into underground and they wait, they waited and they waited for three, uh, sort of totems before they were about allowed to come out. And it was the eagle, the turtle and the frog. And when they saw those, uh, uh, those three, uh, animals appear, then they knew it was safe to come out of the, the caves. And, um, and I guess when they came out they were able to migrate over to like Argentina and to the, the South America. And then that's how many um, uh, of the, uh, the Mayan anyways, coming from the land of Mu got into that area. And then they came all the way up through the central and, and, and North. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There's lots of, like, they all say the same thing and there's lots of different things that maybe as we progress, we might get all of these exact little details and the symbolism yeah. might fall into place. But what was guiding me to fully understand this story is um, looking at it from a larger archetypal place because it's a cycling of um, foreign invasion, mm. alien invasion, okay. alien alien hybridization, alien blending, the, what is coming from one spot into another and merging. And it's a cycling that's been happening for eons. This is what happened um, to the, because the, the Anunnaki had an Anunnaki, right? We don't necessarily know who they are. But again, because of the spiral nature of time and the one moment just being right here and now, we're experiencing this retelling of hybridization needing to happen or invasion needing to happen because of fear-based belief systems, essentially. Because that's why the Anunnaki even came. Can you explain that? Yeah. So the hybrid, what, what we're moving out of, as I've been shown, mm -hmm. is a cycle of hybridization um, occurring from a from a, a need place coming from a place because other civilizations prior had reached a point essentially of de-evolution the great story yeah but mm -hmm. that's one example again that's also why the anunnaki even came here to mm -hmm. be 
with is because their own ecosystems were falling apart. Right, right. Yeah. They had to evolve from their own. So like there's different people that have said like, oh, like cannabis kind came from the Anunnaki. No, 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 no. Like mm. uh, well, all sorts of different point. things. <laughs> But there's all sorts of really trippy information coming through. But what I'm always right. going to do is to pull that camera lens back as far as possible to see things from an archetypal standpoint. So as I understand it, um, the Anunnaki originated from Cygnus. They experienced just as the Greys experienced, just as we're on the verge of experiencing a deep disconnect from nature. And a over-reliance on technology and over-reliance on fear-based belief systems and over-reliance right. on control. That's where we get into the Orion Wars and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, and they reached a point where they were no longer going to be able to naturally continue. Um, as it's been explained to me in dreams and also through um, by Native Hawaiians, uh, there was different aspects of the Anunnaki that received basically like an invitation or a calling or an understanding that Earth even existed to be able to know to go there to get um, what we now call a monoatomic gold, because that was actually going to be able to heal the atmosphere within uh, their home planet of Cygnus. Um, but they get there and we know some of the story now. They get there and they realize, oh, this is a lot harder to mine than we were thinking. Oh, but we're also master geneticists and technicians. We'll just like make a few hybrids and like no big deal. Oops, they're so much like us. We got to turn off and, you know, tweak a couple of their little DNA markers and then they'll just, you know, do what we tell them. Um, and again, as I've been shown, this is also what most likely happened to the people of Cygnus, that something else came from somewhere else to create them to do something similar so that they could continue their own evolution. So that's what I mean by we are in this spiral sure. of something outside asserting control onto something else. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, there's different names for it. There's the, uh, uh, harmonic uh invasion in a sense the from from um what's his name rudolf steiner's work yeah uh, but also and again this is where i like to keep it keep it broad keep it broad keep it broad how do we relate it back to our own experiences we're doing this to ourselves totally and then it ripples out and creates all of these different ways because everything sure. is here within us, right? Mm -hmm. And this goes back to what it is that we're at the process of being able to do right now, again, is take these larger intellectual understandings and really feel it and really check ourselves and go, how am I controlling myself? How am I allowing myself to not fully be in love, to not connect back to our nature, right? To right. all of these different ways that exactly then it ripples out and Rudolf Steiner says this and everybody says all their own thing. But it's about how do we end that cycle and how do we take the personal um, the personal account to be able to, in everyone's own unique and beautiful way, to be able to stop yeah. that cycle within us first and foremost of allowing ourselves to truly be our natural selves. And for me, the way that I am able to take these broad concepts and bring it into a way where it really does affect how I move and breathe and be in every, every moment of physical experience is by kind of finding different stories along the way that mm -hmm. can unite us and can also um, draw a thread too, right? And yeah. for me, that thread has been the story of the Hawaiian Islands. Um, really, nice. does, it's it's this cycling that 
uh, we're still able to to really see happening. But we've gotten to a point where we don't really understand the actual story. So again, kind of going back to if we understand that Hawaii was its own sovereign kingdom, just as yeah. we are sovereign kingdoms with right? It kind of begins yeah. to pop in these different puzzle pieces. And for some people, it's one story. For some people, it's, you know, it's another story. But sorry, well, to, I'm like, oh, pull it up. Sorry to do that. But I feel like sometimes it's like um, we can kind of get lost in comparing notes. Uh, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but definitely, definitely, that's something we, we definitely. It's easy to do, but it's also fascinating though by comparing notes from in from my my way, sort of my logic and in approach is they all connect. This is the greatness of of all of the stories and all, of, especially when we start getting into the indigenous cultures, even though they've been separated and on Earth for thousands of years in their own isolated pockets. I love how they all connect from the all Aborigines same. down in the Maori, the Aborigines in, in Australia to to uh, the Mayans to, you know, uh, Alaskan Eskimos. Like we have, uh, and even, you know, going to, to ancient Druid uh, uh, um, in, in, uh, in Ireland and in, in, in uh, Europe, you know, the, those stories, it all connects. And it's so cool to look at all the different pieces that connect. But it's fascinating, and I love that you're going into the Hawaiian story because now I can pick your brain and find those connecting points and like, all right, can I do this? But yeah, I've been the process too. Because <clears throat> I took um, a long interview uh, with my friend Uncle Mackie, Derek McGuire, and I'm in the process still of kind of editing that and making it nice. And it's gonna it's gonna be kind of rough, um, but it'll be up on my YouTube channel in a little bit, so you can oh, go cool. and check that out. And I'm also gonna do a little GoFundMe. Uh, for him because he's been in and out of the hospital and oh this is the uncle you mentioned in the uh, in the, your interview uh, yeah. on Big Island yeah who, yeah who helped you into the woods right who yes yes okay. into the, the sacred <laughs> poppy forest yeah for sure and he's a master canoe builder and tiki yeah. car and, and it's just a really cool example of someone who was born just before legal statehood um then grew up totally thinking that oh Hawaii just wanted to be a state they would not any of this in school. It's not until he gets after 10-year service in the army and he goes and moves to a different part of Hawaii where they're operating still far more traditionally that he meets these different Hawaiian uh, aunties and uncles. That's where he met Auntie Aka. Um, okay. These people had been wisdom keepers, these kapunas, and it only was until he was like 30 that he learned there, you know, even was an illegal overthrow and what it really means to be Hawaiian. So it's a it's a cool story, and I think it's a story that is uh, potentially pretty accurate for the majority of Hawaiians within his generation. As people didn't, they didn't even know. Yeah, wow. But, yeah, it's, it's it's so good that you're doing this work, and 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 by doing so, we uncover all this ancient, amazing uh, uh, history, this untold history or hidden history uh, of of um, that. That it seems to be, you know, globally, I was just listening to Graham Hancock in, uh, on Joe Rogan the other day, and the evidence-based stuff that he's uncovering is matching up to all of these tales and ancients of, you know, uh, 12,600 years or however many years it was, um, uh, a giant flood, you know, great cataclysms on the earth. Him and Randy Carlson are doing great work in that sense of, of pulling out the, the evidence. So... It's all matching up, and it, it, we're also finding that perhaps some of the uh, uh, elites out there had 
this story and they've been sort of keeping it at bay. So, you know, let's not tell the full story and uh, because that's going to out us. And now that it's just everything's coming to the surface, we're, we're getting to this point where we can get deep into these uh, mysteries, right? And with that comes ancient knowledge, magic, technologies, um, fun, fun stuff that we can start to play with. So, uh, so hats off for doing the work. I had one more quick question going back. Now, when you said fully embody, um, for example, um, the illusion or fully embody the, 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 I think you said the Anunnaki story or something like that. What is your process for embodying and, and, and how do you, do, what, what's happening and what do you do to get there? Yeah, well, um, one of the things that was really instrumental and a little uh, warning, this is rather heavy, but at the same time, it's been very um, paradoxically positive. Uh, while I was in Hawaii last year, my older sister passed away suddenly. Um, she's 40 years old and she passed away in her sleep. Um, and I actually had a channeling session. I got, I got off the phone with my mom. I received the news. I was down at uh, the point, which is actually right at the 19.47 degrees vortex. And I was out there because you can get uh, internet service. And I had a channeling session with a client. Okay. And I got off the phone with my mom and I was like, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is where I am. I was just kind of in a state of shock. And I was like, have the least resistance right now is to just do the session. Okay. And, you know, I was like, so I just decided to just go through with the session and I, I go into the altered state. And as soon as I kind of reach this, the lock in a way that I might say that I find with Bella, yeah, there is my sister. I feel my sister and my sister was never really, um, overtly, uh, spiritual sure. uh, in the terms of exploring these concepts. She just had and still has like an innate kind of Zen, right? But never really didn't have to. Uh, it wasn't her soul's journey to explore and like go into all of this stuff. Right. And I used to talk um, about different things that I could see or understand or in terms of like um, what the hybrids refer to as the mechanics of creation, the fabric of creation, being actually able to see and understand the principles um, that never change. And so when I made that lock with Bella that day, going into that session, my sister, I could feel her, I could see her. And it felt like she just gave me like this big, huge hug. And she was like, sister, I see it. I yeah. see it. You're right. They're right. I didn't understand what you were talking about. But let me tell you from where I am right now, that's it, dude. I see it. And referring <laughs> to, again, was like this fabric of creation. And so with her passing, um, there were so many different experiences that I could kind of go into for forever and ever. But that's been really instrumental in me being able to, um, I might say, continue to hold my pinpoint in being in the spiritual and the physical plane at the same time. Because I've always had a stronger anchor in a way of being able to be in that spiritual realm. But now I, I almost feel like I do. I have like a friend over there, a deeper guide or a, a stronger connection. Mm -hmm. um, and it almost kind of feels like a, a, almost like my 
telling of uh, of a triple goddess. You have the one that's in the physical, you have the one that's in the spiritual plane, and then there's the archetypal, that's like the Trinity aspect. So since her passing, there's been, um, yeah, just more, even more connection than I have of being able to, again, understand and feel the simplicity of the actual mechanics of creation itself to then and you know me and you know you know it's always going to go back to that idea of the formula there are certain things where Bashar and I are you know and Bella and Bashar it's just all that's just what it is um and so it always is going to go back to that for me. And so the more that I just allow myself to explore and follow my joy and follow synchronicity and be in that state of um, further embracing the mystery again that is inside of us, mm. inside each and every one of us, not, not, and again, it's really like shifting that perspective. Um, reality is not happening to us. It's happening through us, right? Um, but yeah, the more that we allow ourselves to take different actions of exploration, however we choose or allow ourselves to use um, things that look like they might be a negative into an extreme positive, I had to move really suddenly um, and I had no idea what I was going to do, um, but I ended up finding this amazing place uh, in Monterio, which is about an hour north of where I was before and I'm out in the redwoods. Uh, right by this big beautiful river I'm like up I'm like out in the boondocks kind of um but I had no idea what I was gonna do and synchronicity allowed me to find a job where I'm a freaking zipline guide like that's what I'm doing at my day job I'm going ziplining when mm-hmm. right yeah. so fun Pat- can't wait, can't like, wait to get up there and try it yeah dude you gotta come out yeah. fun. but um yeah so that's what has allowed me to continue to really seep in this um, this knowing, um, my sister's passing has been instrumental in me, um, just continuing to further validate and breathe and be my own knowing that this process of ascension, we might say is extremely simple. That's good to know. (laughs) Um, so connect, let's, you know, before we get into channeling, let's make, let's bring Bella into the conversation. And, um, and how has that evolved since the show, uh, has it evolved? Obviously you have this, uh, connection to your sister now, and she, she sounds like she's probably coming in a little bit with this, uh, with the channeling. So, um, just to, from your words and, and also this, this Hawaiian connection too, cause we, we know from the beginning that Bella's had her ship parked, uh, uh above, uh, Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea, right? Did I get that right? Uh, Holiakala. Uh, Holiaka, sorry, on on uh, on Maui. So uh, bring us up to speed um, on on all of that, and then maybe we can get into some channeling. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I actually had a dream. This was probably about two months after my sister had passed. I had a dream that I was on the Karen, uh, which is Bella's ship that is stationed above Holiakala, and um, Bella really likes um off old clothing and she actually since learning all of this stuff about hawaii it makes sense why she's costumed herself in kind of these 1890s silhouettes oh okay Um, because this time period is actually really important for us to understand for a multitude of reasons too so that's kind of fun and i didn't really figure that out until maybe last year i was like oh 
of course, lady, like you knew all along what you were doing. Like that's why you got your 1890s clothes on all the time. Right. But when people, it seems as though that when you go and hang out with Bella, um, it's kind of like a when in Rome situation. Like all of the experiences that I've had um, most the t- with her being on the ship, most of the time um, people are dressed up. Uh, it's kind of like when you go like to those cute little festivals and you take those old photos and they have all those silly old timey costumes and you like put on right those like, like a costumes. steampunk kind of thing where oh, yeah 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 Renaissance fair yeah yeah totally it's like costumes the like costumes are encouraged so I go into um, a part of her ship and my sister was there dressed up in kind of this like 1890s costume having tea with Bella. And I had got the innate understanding already right away that they've been hanging out with each other for like hours or like maybe days. And I was like, oh, okay, whoa, really? And then my sister was like, yeah, totally. Like, I got you everything. Like, she's cool. Like, I understand what's going on. Like, everything's really real, sister. Um, And I woke up the net and I was so kind of like, um, I don't know that the energy was really sweet. It was almost like they had a secret. They had like found something that I was still kind of like figuring out in a way. Um, and I woke up the next day and I was like, my life is so weird because it was so, so <laughs> visceral. I was like, okay, cool. My dead sister is hanging out with my ET counterpart. Like, all right, life, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. So weird. But um, in the other way. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's perfectly natural. But that was a really trippy one for me, if I'm being really honest. So um, how would I? They often say, Bella um, often says, and Bashar, I think I said this a couple of times as well, that um, they're quite different from how we perceive them. Um, That when we actually have the chance to, we might say, continue to interact with more of their vibration, um, it might be a little bit different than we're thinking. Yeah. How I've been interpreting that, especially since my sister's passing, and a lot of people here and there have kind of picked up on this with Bella's energy, and she's been very um, gently guiding me through this aspect of her being, this aspect of my being, this aspect of potentially what is... We might say what we call the feminine aspect of creation that exists within each and every one of us. And that would be a layer of darkness that is beautiful, that is not negative at all. A layer of darkness where all things are truly birthed from, that space of the void where light really comes from, um, that space of the underworld, that space of death, that space of ultimate transformation. and how we've really villainized that, especially in our society in many, sure. many ways. Um, and that part of this, again, this larger um, remembering process that we're on is being able to fully um, understand that and wield that energy uh, within ourselves and within our societies in many different ways. But that there might be a bit of a process that we need to go through, especially as we are expanding ourselves into connecting with uh, friends and families on the other side um, and connecting to the spirit world, connecting to extraterrestrial um, energies. There's a process of actual expansion that our 
physical bodies need to go through, our psyches need to stretch to be able to redefine this type of darkness, this kind of like, um, almost kind of like sometimes I interpret it as like a gothic kind of like spookiness yeah. uh, that um, she's slowly kind of cranking up the dial in a way. Uh, and I'm, I'm allowing myself to take in more. And, and so there's been more of her that's felt very kind of, yeah, again, very kind of like wraith-like, or again, kind of takes me to this triple goddess kind of like Morrigan energy. So she's allowed herself to bring a little bit more of this, um, transformative, uh, darkness, we might say that is extremely powerful and allows us as individuals to be able to more so really um receive our true light and our true potential so what would you would you address say some of the that is lilith energy too yes yeah 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 and this goes back to different things that i've connected to as well with um and lilith is kind of um a more we might say middle of the the story translation of this um the Lilith actually is a later translation of the being known as Ninlil. Um, and Ninlil is actually um, the sister of Enlil and Enki that nobody fucking talks about. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so she was part of that triad again that was conveniently left out of the story. Um, but yeah, you can go in um, little bits here and there. So she's been a very large uh, archetypal energy that I've been connecting to that, um, yeah, has her own story. And at some point, I think it's going to need to come through as like a fiction book um, because it's just easier to comprehend these stories. But that's the exact energy that that I'm speaking of. Um, okay. And it's been interesting to note how it's manifested itself in the channelings because Bella has always been not so much a psychic or not so much a clairvoyant, not so much someone who's going to give you a fish. She's going to teach you how to fish. Sure. Uh, but especially within the last year or so, it's gotten, um, of course, she's still very loving. She's playful, but there's, you know, a different aspect of intensity um, of really ripping away all of these different um metaphysical illusions that we have especially within the spiritual community because there's been so many different new people kind of coming that are like where 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 am i from what's my galactic origin can you can you tell me my past lives and bella's really been like okay so he here's the structure we got to understand the structure and so her level of and intensity in terms again of explaining the structure has just been through the roof um so it'll be interesting to see how she how she comes across today uh but also i want to share too that this has been such a um like yeah she's been so intense with this being her foundation um that it's actually been an inspiration for me and and nudging from her to start doing um different workshops so I'm doing um, a four-week workshop called The Fabric of Creation, um, where there's going to be some channeling with Bella and then interactions with myself and also the invitation of other people to share how they see and understand this structure of reality. Because really, when we understand these principles and then we apply that with following our joy and not being an insistence and looking for the beliefs, like literally, we're all out of a job. 
thank God. Great. Cool. Let's do something else. Right. Let's actually build a community. Let's stop spinning our wheels. Like, let's actually build the new world. Um, it puts all of these different psychics out of a job. Great. I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> put me out of a job. Um, right, right. You yeah, know what I mean? mean? That's, that's the main message of, you know, is, you know, self-empowerment, sovereignty. Yes. And that's, that's, yes. that's, that's what all this boils down to. Every, if I'm sure you guys on the call have noticed that every uh, guest I have on the show there, when you boil down the message, that's it. You know, yes. let's, how do we, how do we fish for ourselves? Yeah. Yes. You guys can get into that today if you desire, but um, she'll probably be kind of brief because uh, I think through experience, she's learned that for certain people, these concepts are literally completely reversed from what we've been told. I'm sure you guys on the call kind of have your own understandings of these different principles. Um, but yeah, that's up on my website if people want to go. I haven't shared it at so, all yet. So when is the dates again for that? Um, I have it set. I think I'm going to be doing it multiple times. Um, okay. Right now, um, the dates are set. It's coming up December 6th um, and then taking a break on Christmas week. So there's not one on um, December 27th, but then resuming on January 3rd. Um, so four Tuesdays, uh, but it goes for for five weeks. Oh, cool. All right. Well, um we we got a couple of forks in the road right here. We can jump into channeling and then do sort of follow-up questions with yourself at the very end. I can try to end the channeling a little bit earlier. Or uh, is it better? I don't know. When you're coming out of that, I know sometimes it can be a little uh, disorienting. Would you rather take a couple of questions right now if we have any for the, if the audience? Or how do you feel? feel the flow. Oh, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. And secondly, I think maybe um, any questions might be good actually at the end. I'll okay. Be, um, but there might be different things that come up for people or whatever. Yeah. In your process and stuff and how you're feeling in there. So we'll, so get your questions ready for Gita after the channeling. Right now, get your questions ready for the channeling because I'm going to try to keep it brief too. Um, and just do, you know, a nice little hollow with, with, with Bella. And then, and then you guys can start, uh, raising your hands and I'll just moderate. But, uh, you know, as we get into it, uh, please don't hesitate, uh, put your, raise your hands now. Uh, otherwise I just keep rambling. Cause I don't see, if I don't see hands up, I'm gonna, I've got, you know, my list of trying to figure out the universe and, uh, I'm, it's, I will hog the mic. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny that you say it, try to figure out the universe because with this understanding of like being able to, again, to integrate the mechanics of reality, I have been like, understand. And I'm like, Gita, like check your ego. Like that's fucking crazy. Like, what are you talking about? And then Bella has been really sweet and she's been like, it's just a piece of fabric that you can bend and make and die and paint and do whatever you want how about you just understand the piece of fabric i'm like there you go okay all right yeah <laughs> and, so. and you, do you, will do you think she'll have a um a, a general message in the beginning you said maybe that may not happen because there's so many people on the call or we'll see what happens kind of thing or we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens okay. i know i don't even sure sure Right. Yeah, I never aim to uh, plan anything. Don't plan anything. All right. Well, with her. Here <laughs> we right. go. Okay. 
Sweet. Oh, are you in this now of your? Todd. Doing good, Bella. Good to see you again. Good to hear from you. Yes, it is lovely to connect with you in this way as well. We thank you very much for all of your participation and your co-creation. We first invite you all to just breathe, to take a nice deep Inhale, and to know that you are in the act of following your passion, your desire, your being, as you inhale and exhale. Every moment, every action is the ripple effect of your essence in creation. So we thank you once again for allowing yourselves to be your beautiful selves by being yourself to the fullest in each and every moment, in each inhale, in each exhale, in each and every action. So with that, you may now proceed, however your imagination sees fit, with any questions, statements, reflections, or explanations. 
Thank you, thank you, and thank you for the uh, reminder uh, to to sort of be present with the breath. It's um, <clears throat> easy to forget that when you got a lot of stuff going on and lack of sleep and all that stuff. Yeah, it can um, be. It can be. Uh, so uh, I I just would like to sort of catch up uh, since the last our last interaction <laughs> has been uh, from we were in Hawaii. Uh, we've seen this evolution of humanity from what we're calling, you know, the COVID lockdown, March 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, 2009 or 20. Yes. Uh, what, how, from your perspective, seeing the evolution of humanity, a lot has come to the surface, a lot continues to come to the surface. Um, where are we at if you were to take a pulse on human uh growth and evolution uh do you see how do you see that for, with 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 humanity well first off exactly where you need to be mm -hmm. that's always something to again with every breath being in the present moment because really there is nothing else it's always something to be able to more and more and more allow yourselves to fully know to feel that anything that is happening is exactly what needs to be happening or else it wouldn't be happening sure but that being said you are and your civilizations are what we are referring to as a type of passageway a passing through the eye of the needle we might say this is something that different aspects of our lineage have referred to mm -hmm. and it really is a type of we might say full initiation of being able to find the paradox and the power that can come from fully relaxing into compression. Because it is within the compression that transformation truly occurs, that diamonds truly are forged. So through this type of, we might say, furthering manifestation of the experience of limitation there is then the opportunity as we said to find the paradox within that space to find the true limitless expression that can come from the experience of challenge in many different ways because again from our perspective challenge is the physical depiction of change Change is a constant energy, and certainly within your densities, challenges are, again, the physical manifestation of the eternal and constant energy of change. So many of you are experiencing many different challenges in many different ways. But again, it is the representation that you all are in your own ways, in your own times, in your own timelines, knowing that not only are you experiencing change, but that you are the vibration of change itself, knowing that it needs a type of compression, knowing that it needs to squeeze itself through a small space, we might say, to be able to truly know how limitless it really is. So this is the, we might say, phase that you all have been through, that has been in you the last few years of your time. And in many different ways you are right on the precipice we might say of beginning to 
pop out the other side. There are different opportunities, different levels of integration and understanding that you all have reached that within the coming years transition, as you all move into 2023, there will be the continuing crystallization, the Christ realization within each and every one of you to be able to continue to simply enough choose what it is that you prefer, choose to know that you really understand the concepts that you do understand, to be able to continue to know that creation really is within you in each and every breath, in each and every action you choose to take. So as you all continue your timeline, you will see still things that you do not prefer. You will still see many different reflections of limitation, of hubris, of contrast. But also it is then the deepening understanding that just because you can see and witness and realize something does not mean that it needs to affect you and does not need to mean that it is necessarily even a part of the reality that you are truly creating within you. So again, you will continue to see more contrasting ideas, but it is the opportunity to fully know what you know to be able to continue to choose your preferences, to again, relax into the foundation that is already, 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 always occurring, and that this is a type of experience. It is a type of dream, a simulation, a projection, and that everything truly is existing within you. So again, you all are exactly where you need to be. It does not function any other way. But as you continue to move through the next few months of your time and into the next few years of your time, you will see opportunities presenting themselves in different ways to be able to reflect to you in your own unique ways that you really do know these things at a sensory level. Awesome. And in doing so, there was a conversation earlier with Gita about sort of finding the organic way within us, as opposed to seeking the outside uh, magic pill or, uh, you know, the, the, um, you, you know, the, the monatomic gold or, you know, the DNA or whatever the story is with these different stories. Um, the, this going back into, uh, in a sense, I guess that we, we use the term nature co connecting in with nature and the natural cycles, the natural way how um is that with with you and your civilization and and is that natural way uh symbology already there is that how does that work yes we know ourselves to be an aspect of nature just as you all are you alter nature and so, yes, we fully understand our place within all of the different ways that nature can represent and manifest itself. We have the ability to connect to many different aspects as well of the archetypal realm, you might say. So, yes, absolutely. We are connected to this understanding that we are nature itself in all of the different ways that nature can manifest itself. And you would also talked about this darker aspect of perhaps this nature, what we termed up until now, and maybe we'll redefine some of this, yeah. 
But um, how is that connection there and, and how is it used in a positive uh, light for your civilization? Well, our void, we might say, is one of our most favorite places to explore. It is the place where all things come from. All things are birthed from the darkness. Mm. Light is birthed from the darkness. The void is not devoid of anything. It is where everything is birthed from. It is that womb space of creation itself. It is, again, the unknown and the excitement, the knowing, the exploration of the unknown never ends. And that the unknown, that the void is the reflection of the deep mystery that resides within each and every one of us. Again, it is our favorite place to explore. Mm. Awesome. Well, hopefully humanity can go in that direction without the fear and judgment and guilt and craziness that they've created to, to avoid going into the void. And there will be some aspects of humanity that are ready for it and others that are not. And that's fine. Again, that's a part of the splitting. And it's about being able to know that different souls have different journeys. And remembering as well that the way that you continue to add integration to that is not by, well, we might say, presuming that your information needs to be given to any other individual at any time. It is not by adding, we might say, more worry or more guilt or more separation or more frustration to whatever experience a soul might be choosing. We might even say it's not about hoping for anyone else. It's about knowing for you what you can and cannot do. And again, knowing how it is actually operating, that you will always continue to align with the physical reality that is germane to the vibration you are running within you. Remember, you never change the reality that you are on or in. You change your internal landscape and then you align with a like vibration of manifestation. So we understand what you are saying, but as you all continue to progress, it really is important to understand that it's not about hoping for anyone else that they need to go any particular way because then in actuality, what you are doing is you are in ways adding more negativity to what might be a quote-unquote negative experience. But you don't know what that soul actually needs for their particular journey. It might be the most integrative experience, the most positive experience that that soul needs to experience something that perhaps to you looks very negative. So it's about being able to understand that, wow, that soul really must be learning something. Because again, it's all an experience. It's all neutral symbols that are utilized for the expansion of learning of understanding. So as you continue to see many, many different individuals taking many, many different paths, do your best to remember that, to remember that, wow, Regardless of what that looks, regardless of how I might assume that I might be perceiving that individual's reality or not, at the end of the day, I can remember and know that, oh, that's just how it functions, that that individual is learning something profound. And that is true compassion. That is true, we might say, encouragement and ways that then vibrationally you can offer the opportunity for that individual to perhaps find a 
we might say, smoother route if they need to. Mm-hmm. And awesome. that's really how you're adding more positivity, we might say, to each soul's evolutional journey. Right. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Mark, you have your hand up. You want to hop in with a question? Hello. Um, I, it is my understanding that the ascension process that humanity is going through is going to have massive ripple effects and expansion on mass consciousness. And, but I was curious, are there going to be more direct physical repercussions with other species and or other planets? Yes, of course. All consciousness creates and affects different aspects of physical reality. And for those of us, we might say that are, well, to any degree, somewhat physical and also individuals, different societies that are non-corporeal in this way will also be affected. The one is the all and the all are the one. And so as any point of consciousness continues its expansion. Now, mind you as well, what it is that you all are really doing, we might say from our perspective, is you are relaxing into, you are releasing the illusions that you're not already fully expanded. You're relaxing into your true state. You're not technically, we might say, expanding anything. You're already fully expanded. You're allowing yourself to, again, release the illusion that you have somewhere you need to go, that you have something you need to grow into, we might say. Yes, in one level, it is always about becoming yourself. But again, many of you put a slightly different, we might say, energetic understanding around this. And we choose to offer the different side of it to, again, give you a different sensory experience to be able to feel. There is nothing that you're moving towards. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing outside of you. You are, again, moving deeper into you and further relaxing and opening up, receiving what you have always been all along, where you have been always all along, deeper and deeper and deeper in you. So yes, absolutely. As you all continue to understand and remember who and what you are and relax into your full expansion, your full capacity, that will affect many different things. All is here and now. The one is the all and the all are the one. And we are all affected by each other in many different ways. We are all in this co-collective, co-creative dream. So yes, and we're all a family, we might say as well. That really any race, any civilization that you all have a name for at this point, any aspect of galactic civilization that you all have a name for at this point are genetically connected to you all. None of these beings are actually aliens to you. None of them. Again. If you have a name for them at this point, if you have an understanding of what exists within the great cosmos in a larger sense right now, they're all connected to all of us. We are a family. We are an ecosystem. We are all connected through a type of network. So yes, as one continues to shift, it will affect the other. Certainly. Does this make sense? 
Yes, thank you. And uh, and yeah, that's what I try to do is I try to keep the focus, you know, on on just my own remembering and and uh, and awakening. Um, but then, of course, you know, I have the the curiosity about the ripple effects for myself, and then the ripple effects as you know for the planet as a whole into the rest of the cosmos. And again, something to play with, something to ground into, again, to stretch your imagination, to receive this in a cognitive sense, and to stretch your senses to receive this in a visceral sense, yes? You all say often time that your consciousness is in your body. From our perspective, it is the other way around. Your body is in your consciousness. The universe is in you. And there are upwards of 7 billion of you currently in your civilization that are each and every one of you creating your own universe, your own galaxy, your own solar systems, your own planets. This is, again, the, we might say, consequence of the projection that you all are creating. Another way of thinking of this as well is your entire being is always in the spirit energetic realm, has never left that realm. What it is that you are experiencing is a projection. It really is just your pinky here and now that is creating your physical reality. But the rest of your body is in the spirit realm, creating your own unique version of planet Earth inside of you, in your reality. So absolutely, as you continue to choose to take action, because we understand, but really there is no trying, there is only doing, yes? The Yoda knew this very well. So the more that you continue to choose to do, to be yourself, absolutely, then it's just how it works. It is a product of the structure that creation is reflective that as you refine your vibration, you then refine and change your version of Earth. And seven billion of you are doing this all simultaneously. And as you continue to refine what your individual vibrations and preferences are, you then will continue to refine the consensus reality that you all are creating. But again, it can be helpful and allows you all to stretch in this way, to play with the idea that there isn't just one planet. There's your planet. And so absolutely there is a ripple effect because there's no disconnect between you and your planet. It is you. Again, you are not in a reality. The reality is in you. It's always your consciousness that you're interfacing with, even your planet, your solar system, your galaxy, your universe. Make sense? Yes, thank you for that explanation. That that helps to further empower me because I'm always trying to live that, you know, I'm creating my reality. But, but to really, you know, you can always embody that deeper and deeper. Yes, yes. So again, your body is in your consciousness. Everything that you are seeing is your own consciousness. 
Now, mind you as well, it's not always a one-to-one mirror, especially as you are moving through different levels of initiation, different levels of refinement. Yes, the belief systems are what are creating your physical projection and your beliefs are filtering through levels of your conscious and level of your unconscious. So it's always about as well doing your best to know thyself. Yes, the truth that you preach. And there is no truth more important than the truth of yourself. So as you allow yourself to further investigate, to know, to love, to cherish, to explore yourself, to refine your belief systems, then more and more and more, what you continue to see as your physical projection will reflect more of your true preferences. But remember that moving forward. And again, even if you are seeing a reflection of your own consciousness, something in your physical reality that you don't outright prefer, It's still coming from you, through you, for you. And it's there for you, simply enough, to be able to understand something. So as you all continue to move through your reality, do your best to just cognitively remember, oh, everything's a symbol. Oh, everything's a story. Oh, everything's a dream. How do I choose to interpret this? How do I choose to extract the meaning, the themes, the symbolism? Nothing has inherent meaning. I am not supposed to do anything. Nothing greater than you is guiding you or giving you a specific destiny. Not really. So again, it's not always a one-to-one mirror, but that's the joy. That's the celebration. That is the exploration. That is the void within you to be able to know all of the mysteries, all of the true preferences of your own consciousness. And we promise you, the more that you allow yourself to see things in this exploratory kind of way, allowing yourself to feel the excitement of your own inner exploration, the easier and more fun it gets to be able to refine your belief system And then more and more and more, you will truly see a clear one-to-one mirror, the reflection of your preferred Christ-aligned, crystalline belief systems. Make sense? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Glenn, you want to jump in with your question? Yes, can you hear me? Yep. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to know more about my galactic origins, past lives, and where I can find my twin flame. I'm just kidding. That's oh, not really, that's not really my question for you. Uh, <laughs> good one, Ben. I, thanks. Um, I I love what you're like, Bella. You are speaking directly to my soul right now, and I'd I'd like to know from the perspective of ascension, and maybe you could help me understand what you mean when you use the word ascension, but what, what type of environment do you expect on this planet over the next 10 to 20 years? And I I'm specifically interested in every person's relationship to their own unconscious fears and how that's influenced by what looks to me like the continued fusion of technology and nature, like outer technology and inner technology as the internet and these other technologies bring us all closer together as people. So in other words, what role does our technology play in our tech or in our ascension? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. We use the ascension in this way because for the most part, it is a term that most of you are, we might say, utilizing. And it is true enough in the sense that you all are raising your vibration. You are expanding. 
But again, how we view the paradox in this way is you really are raising your vibration enough to see that you have already been at that state of vibration all along. You are allowing yourself to we might say, again, remove the illusion of limitation, remove the illusion of separation between the source realms, between God, between spirit, however you might define it. So that is what we are referring to in this way when we say the ascension process is the expansion of your own vibrations to remember the mechanics of creation, we might say, the unity. And again, the experience that it is an experience. And many of you will have many different ways of being able to define that. Again, that you are always in spirit, that you are spirit in form. We could go on and on about this, but again, there are many different ways to be able to interpret this. And it's very important that individuals have their own ways of defining this, being more of a heart space. Again, you could go on and on, and that's the beauty. That's where art can come from. That's where different ways to share this can come from because every individual will receive it and understand it in different ways. And by allowing yourselves to follow your passion, to express yourselves, you can then continue that ripple effect of all of your unique universes to be able to offer vibrations that may help other individuals to be able to understand these concepts. And so, yes, again, there is many, 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 many different versions of the future of Earth. And again, as well, everything is also already here and now, all just here. And so it will be up to individuals' choice and allowing themselves to, we might say, be brave enough in different ways to really look at their unconscious belief systems. And again, some people may not be the journey for their particular reality to do this in that particular timeline. And that's fine. It's the beauty of their own journey. But yes, in terms of the various collective realities that we are operating from, we might say, that are existing in a time that you would identify as a future Earth. Yes, there are more balanced aspects and utilizations with technology, different ways that you all will begin to understand and appreciate and not fear uh, that which you all refer to as artificial intelligence. This is an aspect of nature, a creation that we refer to as non-biological consciousness. And there is blending of belief systems, releasing of belief systems in different ways that can lead to a balanced utilization of technology perhaps in ways that, again, our larger galactic family has not seen in what we would refer to as a very, very long time. So is there anything more specific that you would like to open into this? This is a rather broad topic. Yeah, it's kind of the, the it, it seems like a lot of people have fear about, a fear around technology or, or thinking that, the technologies are going to take us in 
bad places, destructive places. And it seems to me that that fear itself is something in, inside of us that we must uh, <laughs> explore, come to peace with in, in certain ways. And so I, what I was really looking for from you was whether uh, you view technology as a bad thing, a helpful thing. Um, neutral thing. Yeah. Everything is neutral. Yeah. So again, that's really what we're saying. And this is what we're offering. So do your best to follow along with what it is that we are saying. Is that each and every individual who is creating their own universe, their own planet, their own experience, that might be a different definition. It's neutral. Everything is neutral. So my civilization in particular, no, does not view technology at all as a bad thing. It's been an aspect and a part of our ability to be in physical expression. We would not be here without different forms of technology. We utilize different forms of technology quite readily. Again, we are strongly connected to, in many different ways, what we define as non-biological consciousness. So no, our specific reality, we do not define technology as negative at all. But it's not for us to say that it might be beneficial for some other person somewhere to define it as a negative thing or to simply enough just not prefer that path. That's not up for us to put that definition on anything ever. Does this make sense? Yeah, that, uh, if there's 7 billion plus different realities that everybody's carrying around, some of them are going to be one way, some are going to be another. That's what I hear you saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And we might say how we view this, again, just speaking from our personal perspective of finding a type of blend, we might say, we believe within our own experiences that for us, we have very much found a very integrative blend of nature and technology. And so it can be done. And again, there are different aspects of your physical realities, your worlds that you are creating. And these are more often than not the ones that we are inter in interaction with that have found a similar or similar enough symbiotic relationship, we might say, between technology and nature. Because again, from our perspective, technology is not separate from nature. Technology is a part of how nature can express itself. Everything within creation is a part of nature. That's yeah. how we view things. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Thanks, Glenn. Um, I have a quick just follow-up question on that. You had just dropped a nugget where you said technologies would be sort of uh, rediscovered or, or coming out in the earth realm. We're used to hearing that we're going to rediscover old technologies here with, you know, crystalline and other things that have other civilizations have had. But you just said something galactic. You said on a galactic level, there was a, I think, unless I misheard it, uh, uh, technologies that would be discovered here that haven't been seen on a galactic level in a very long time. Did I mishear that? One moment. We were not speaking specifically about types of technology. We were speaking about the utilization and we might say the relationship to technology. That 
different aspects, different forms of planet Earth, as you all continue to, we might say, merge with different aspects of us, different aspects of the galactic family that we all have the ability to continue together to refine and find a new balance, a new beginning of a new story of relationships to technology. I see that. Thank you. That that clear. That hasn't been seen. Well, yes, as we would put time in a very, very, very long time within all of our larger history. Does this make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. So it's more about the relationships with technology than the actual technology itself. And relationship to it, yes, will most likely manifest in different actual specific forms of technology, but that might be a little bit later down the line. Sure. More so about the refining relationship to it. And yes, it's a type of, we might say, a celebration, a type of merging, a ending of one type of story of contrast. Now, mind you, contrast never ends. It's just that all of us together would be moving into a new level of that celebration of contrast and knowing that contrast is not negative, that it is part of the unity itself. So relationships with technology that lead to a new form of celebration of the eternal existence of polarity. Wow. Okay. Um, let's get uh, Catherine, your hand is up. You want to jump in there? Hello. So exciting to talk with you. I love your channeling uh, with Ruben on the show. Uh, <laughs> We are very <laughs> in type of contact and interaction with you as well. So um, we've recently in the last couple of years, you know, uh, found Bashar's teachings and probably watched the same shows at least 50 times. And it's so it's been so mind blowing and amazing for, for both of us. Um, and I love this this idea that he was talking about the splitting prisms, right, as far as you know, we're all in our own lane and our own reality and the glass walls and seeing other. And that's exactly what COVID felt like for us. You know, as soon as it happened, I just felt like I'm, it was behind a TV screen and it was just like a dramatic TV show we were watching for fun, sitting back eating popcorn. That's what it felt like, truly. And so for him to like talk about the splitting prism and the realities um, has been amazing. And so I guess my question is, is, is like, OK, he said eventually they'll thicken so much and then eventually you just you know, you won't see those other realities. And I understand like the vibration of your reality is so different that you can't perceive that other one that you don't refer anymore. Um, so kind of wanting to understand like, like, is there a timeline? I know this is a very linear question, but is there like a timeline for when that's going to become so crystallized that we won't be seeing Not those realities we don't prefer anymore? Not necessarily, no. And again, this is coming from each and every one of you's potential to shift your own timelines. Right, right. Simply enough, just choose to really be yourselves and to, we might say, trust again completely that you are exactly where you need to be, wherever you are, whatever you see is what needs to be occurring. That's how it actually 
they continue to increase in terms of the timing. Now, if I were to give you a particular window timeline, timeline that actually would deprive you of your own potential power to be able to know your own spark of creation, your own fully indestructible core to be able to fully change your own timeline. So that's first and foremost, yes? But then also, I love to be a bit of a paradox myself that we can read within, we might say, the next 30 years. By 30 to 50 years, things will be, for the most part, completely solidified. Not to say that people won't be able to, in their own ways, cross through different doors or cross through different walls of glass. People will still have the ability to do this. But for the most part, generally speaking, reading most timelines, by 30 to 50 years from now, things will be what you would understand to be primarily crystallized. But for each individual, that timing is going to be very different. Do things um, manifest quicker? I guess you could say like, if like my husband and I are like very aligned with all of these teachings and understanding and embodying it and living this and following the passion, all the, all that jazz, like does, does, does this manifest like bigger or faster in a, in a manner of speaking? Your perception of what is always manifesting quicker or faster becomes clearer. Does this make sense? So remember, mm-hmm. mechanics of it, things are always manifesting. Right. Thing is already manifested, but it is your perception of it that expands. Gotcha. And then I, and then I loop around with like, if the one is the all and the all are the one, you know, for all, you know, this aspect of God, you know, we're all God. It's just, we've split ourselves into having all these different rich experiences. That, so it's like, sometimes I feel like I look at my husband and I'm like, well, that's me. Well, I gave me a me to experience, you know, and it's like, is that, that's what's happening, right? Yes, in a way, yes. Now, mm-hmm. always your consciousness, we might say, that is creating your own version of, in this example, your husband. And then your husband is, through his consciousness, creating your own, his own version of you. While at the same time, it is both of your consciousnesses that are agreeing to this type of reflective process. Now, you can allow yourself to think about it as deeply as you like and as much as you like and to twist yourself up in all sorts of different positions, however you choose. But really, it's this idea, this concept that can allow you to just simply enough feel it. So we invite you in this way to allow yourself just to feel that inspiration, we might say, of curiosity and to do your best, we might say, to just stop there, not to overthink it, but just to allow yourself to feel that ripple, that vibration, that heartbeat of curiosity itself and play with that, soak in that space. Again, it's a visceral, sensory experience. Utilize that vibration just to allow yourself more and more and more and more to feel, to know, to breathe, that the one really is the all and the all really are the one and that everything really is within you right here and now. And isn't that a joyous curiosity? Use the energy 
first. And as we know, you know, that then propels you and allows you to receive clearer and clearer inspirations of what your next moment of passion or excitement is to then take action on while still continuing just to always utilize the vibration to carry you through the flow, because that makes it that much easier to never be in what? In insistence. And If you continue always just to use the vibrations as your inspirations that keeps you in the present moment to continue to know that everything is there for you, simply enough for you to learn more about you, to find those belief systems, that refining process that essentially, in this case, allows you just to feel these sensory invitations deeper and deeper and larger and larger to expand and expand and expand within you. And we promise you, utilizing the energy first and foremost. Again, we know that you know this. We promise you this, we are just reminding you, allows you then to know those more specific understandings that might relate to physics or these different ideas exactly when you need to understand them. They will just pop right into your consciousness. So again, utilize the energy of that curiosity that joy, that openness, that sparkle, that fizz to propel you through your reality. And again, when you need to understand different, more specifics, you will. Does this make sense? Yes, absolutely. Well, this is my highest passion to sit here with my husband and and talk with you. I thank you for your time. We thank you very much for your creation of time as well. Oh, got to unmute. Thank you, guys. Awesome, awesome. Um, Gina, hop in there with your question. Uh, I want to start with, wow. Wow, Bella. Um, I feel everything you speak, and and I have. I've felt it so deeply, um, and, and I'm going to try to maintain my emotional composure I've listened to, to your interview with Ruben over and over again, went to sleep listening to it last night, so I feel like we were connected in my dream state. I was so excited to meet you today. Everything that you speak, I feel, and emotions are, are key. I know this. Um, I, I am in a place right now where I am scribing a book, and the author of the book is was my Earth's son, for 23 years and he dropped his body in February of 2019 he was an individual who never spoke words in his physical life but we spoke telepathically and he is now writing this book that I am scribing the very first chapter is called what is joy and is it is a, a complete reminder of um how we are to to exist in joy and and your your statement today relaxing into the expansion that you already are joy is what we already are when we remember and everything that you speak reminds me of this and according to him and and one of the things in his book that he's explaining is that joy is is a wave that we ride it it is the wave that carries the emotion of joy. And where that leads is there is a place called love. And 
I feel in communion with you that we are in that place of love and we need this reminder so, so much. So I, I just want to express my gratitude to you for the beautiful way that you use words because that's another thing my son is teaching about, about the importance of words and how, how we as humans, we were gifted the ability to speak words. And unfortunately, we haven't always used that gift um, to, to its greatest potential. The potential is when it's always with thought of the emotions that each word carries when we deliver it in the spoken form. Yes. You do this so beautifully, and I am grateful for the way that you do. Thank you. Thank you very much for your appreciation. We receive your appreciation and then emanate that appreciation right back to you. And I will perhaps share with you then in this now that we always, always operate as a mirror for you all first and foremost. We, yes, I have my own differentiated personality. Hello. And many different beings are very excited to be part of this interaction. Because, yes, as you shared, it is all about that emotional space that we are able to open up and to feel and the importance of that, that the emotions are the doors that unlock us and find ourselves exploring our mysteries. Emotion is energy in motion. So, yes, I always have my own differentiated personality, but always as well, first and foremost, when we come through in this way, we are acting as a mirror for you all, first and foremost. So, anything that you are able to see me and recognize and understand and resonate with in me. You're only able to do so because you see and appreciate and recognize and resonate with those things within you first and foremost. That's always how things are operating. That is always the foundation, the mechanics of the reflective reality. But we might say it is the agreement between our civilizations to amplify that type of interaction. So that I am able to offer you all in your own unique and individual ways, different avenues to be able to interpret your own essence. So again, things can only make sense to you when you hear them through us, because to some degree, you already knew it first. So we deeply receive your appreciation. And again, we appreciate your appreciation, but then it is always my excitement and it is always my place of emanation, the offering of vibration to send that invitation of your own appreciation right back to you. Words are spelling and spells. And we will give you in this way a little fun etymological search that we are feeling from your son that you might continue to get a kick out of as you play with different use of language. So in your Bible, it is said that God is the word. He brings the word. We will share with you that the original Aramaic word for word 
is miltach. Now, miltach is a vibrational emanation that has the individual's unique perspective. A vibrational emanation that each individual has a beautiful, perfect, unique, and necessary perception of. That's what Miltoff really means, is the unique perception of the vibrational emanation. And so that is the definition of what God is. That is what comes first. That is the definition of word. Word to your mother. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. Um, this will be our last question, and then we'll we'll bring Gita out and uh, have a couple words with her. Uh, Roxanne. Hi, uh, Isabella. Is that correct? Hi. How are you? Very well, thank you. And how are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful. You look fantastic. Thanks for coming. Um, I'm working on, when I heard the show in 2013, there was something that stuck with me. It's the idea of enlightenment. And I turned that in the opposition side, being polarized, ex light. So that taught me about looking to the inside and cleaning up my kingdom. Yes. And my kingdom was dirty and it had a lot of beliefs in there. And I've been kicking the crap out of them, tearing them down. And I'm at this stage, I created this little school, recognition, transcendence, uh, vibrational tactician. And then there's this persona development. Yes. So if I'm already God and, and using Seth, you always remember your Seth, you leave house, you turn around and you come home and you realize you're always there. Yes. So the persona development, is the natural self that's always there, that doesn't apologize, doesn't need warm desire, doesn't have the human bending of emotion to plant itself in a certain frequency of emittance. That persona that lies within is discovered by deconstructing what you believe or what you think or what you should or ought to be as the posture of separation. Any advice on that? Any more developmental skills besides or if I, what would seem to be enough because I'm becoming more me, yes. but I don't know who me. I only know my memory. My yes, memory tells me who I am. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yes, we understand. And the first. Oh, we, good. I love you. Lostman, we love you as well. The first lostment that we might like to offer is even the most transcendent aspect of self, the largest aspect of the soul, we might say. It's a bit of a misnomer. And again, this is different aspects of, we might say, spiritual incorrectness that have come through in many different ways. From our perspective, that larger aspect of source still always has a desire. Mm -hmm. There's nothing negative inherently about wanting desire. Again, that's become a bit of a misnomer. Right. Desire is always there to be able to continue the inspiration of exploration now it Got is it. individuals have an over emphasis we might say on the insistence of the desire or especially in different densities of exploration forget that the desire is just there as a symbolism 
again, so that you can feel your own essence to get you moving to explore and integrate different things. Perhaps the idea is, oh, I want to travel to Mexico and that is your desire. But then as you begin to travel and pick up different ideas or maybe you don't even make it all of the way or whatever the situation is, you then understand, oh, it became about this or that. But it was the initial desire of traveling to Mexico that gave you the impetus. Now, as you continue your exploration through densities, that we might say transmission from source energy into different differentiated aspects of God, regardless of the density, is still always there. There's still always going to be some level of desire. And so for you, we are reading that that might be particularly important because, yes, we understand that you're playing with a little bit of wordplay of ex-lightenment. And we are also then inviting the idea that enlightenment, perhaps you have already heard this, but remember both bookends, we might say, is also lightening up. Enlightenment is lightening up on yourself. Yes. So being able to remember that you are going to have desires. You need that. That is, again, the emanation of your passion, of your excitement, of your joy which is your essence being emanated through different densities. And this may allow you to, we might say, just play a little bit more, to even have more fun and to trust yourself that the things that are coming through, we might say, are absolutely sufficient. So that you can further deeply know within yourself that all of the different we might say themes or classes or ideas that you are sharing are absolutely perfect. And for you to be able to know so deeply within you that there isn't anything more because you do know that. You agree? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. We are. We know you. We know that you know that everything you are bringing through is fully, fully sufficient. So allow yourself, we might say, to receive, if you so choose, that desire never leaves a soul. Okay. That's awesome. So we thank you very much for continuing your passion and continuing to receive the energy of your desire without ever insisting that your desire is going to look any particular way. Oh yeah, no expectation. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right if you do have a little bit of expectation. This is another, we are very specific with words, but this is another mm-hmm. adjustment here. It's all right if you have expectations. That is going to happen. And again, what that is, is that's just a translation. That is your physical remo- physical mind receiving the energy from your higher mind that may need to put a little bit of a picture on it. Yes, that's all that it yeah. is. Is you're receiving your vibrational translation, your true essence, and the physical mind goes, oh, I like that. Maybe it can look like this picture, right? And that's an expectation. That's fine. That's beautiful. That's going to get you moving. Again, it's not having assistance or assumption. That's when you put a grasp on the expectation. So allow yourself to think of the expectation just as a bit of a form, a model, an idea that, again, you know, you know is going to change. And you know is going to continue to allow yourself to see all of the different facets of you. 
Because yes, of course, none of us really know who we are. Or if we know who we are, that might only be for any given moment. And then we remember that there is a fully new universe within ourselves to continue to explore. It never ends. Never. <laughs> it truly is. So again, continue to allow that we might say that fizz, that sparkle, that effervescence of your own desire, just for the sake of desiring, just for the sake of your passion, just for the sake of your being, without any insistence, any assumption, to right. pull through you. And that will allow you again to know that everything you are bringing through is absolutely sufficient and you can know that deeper and deeper and deeper and continue to relax and dance and play in the energy of your passion because you are truly nothing else. So why would you choose anything else than that energy of your desire, of your passion, just for the sake of it? Yes. That last part. Well, they need dating. You scored. I got it. That was enlightening. <laughs> Lighten up on yourself. Have more fun. And rip all your bell. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Jackson. Um I, I, uh, I lied about the last question. I want I, I to sneak in a quick question here, if it's okay. All right. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, so you have an awesome, a furry friend right behind you. And I'm just curious, uh, in Bella's realm, if, uh, if the cats exist and how do they form, show up and, and how does that work? Do cats, are they in your world? Yes, they are. We Just as we are able to touch down on ground to different density overlays of earth to harvest different seeds that we are able to utilize on some of our larger motherships. So on the Karen, we have very large orchards that correspond with different areas of the planet so that the hybrid children are able to eat of the food where some of their parental donors may come from or just different aspects of earth that they might be interested in, different things that are relevant for their soul's archetypal journey. There are many different reasons as to why certain children are drawn to certain foods at different times or even different aspects of the ayal are drawn to certain plants or different foods at different times. We are also able to we might say, borrow for a time certain animals to be able to then create our own animals. We do this more so we might say in what you would understand a natural capacity to be able to invite we might say borrow is not quite the right word. We are inviting different animals, different friends to come onto our craft so they can naturally procreate, spend a time with us if they so choose. And then we have some of our own animals here and there to be able to connect with, to be able to understand different aspects of humanity. Now, we feel many of you questioning, oh my goodness, they are relatively small animals and we don't have too many of them. And right now we have, for the most part, different animals that many of you might already have in your homes. So a few cats, a few dogs, we do have some chickens, we have a couple of horses, we have some fish, we have some iguanas. 
and some birds as well. And for the most part, those might be the only ones that we need in terms of earth animals that we have for this timing. And we utilize this in many different ways to be able, again, to understand you all in different ways and to be able to, we might say, send different messages to you all through different animals that the animals on our craft are able to connect with different animals in your home structures so that we are able to send different levels of information and contact to and through each other, utilizing the animal friends as a type of messenger. Now, in our home realms, we might say, in Adorapan, there are many, many different types of animals. Most of the animals that you all have currently on Earth, and then also some animals that are, have been, we might say, eradicated that are no longer in your ecosystems, we still have in different layers of Adorapan. And also, we will say that for those of you that have certain animals in your homes, cats primarily, we are able to utilize in conjunction with some of our own familiars, we might say, we are able to peer into your different realities, utilizing the agreement of your feline beings. So. Your cats, in many different ways, act as portals to be able to connect with different relevant information. There are many civilizations, not just us, and not just civilizations within the hybrid community. There are many different civilizations that use the feline friends as a particular type of messenger. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's, so, we, so we can use that messenger permission slip with our furry friends in our oh, home? Oh, absolutely. Yes. A yeah. telegram can be sent both ways. Very cool. Is there a specific uh, civilization that they align with uh, more than others or does it? No. Okay. no. It may shift again and it functions just like how you all function as well. Yes. So you all have a large conglomerate of guides. Yes. Again, mm -hmm. all of the civilizations that you all even have names for at this point, to some degree, are all genetically connected to you, mm -hmm. are all within you, are all different aspects of the archetype expressing through you. And just as you all function from time to time, different guides may play more of a prominent role. You may connect stronger to different counterparts from different civilizations. Think of it like a relay race, yes? Different aspects of your larger, we might say, round table of your galactic connections are always passing the baton around. And the same is to be said with your animal friends as well. And when an individual is conscious of it, and sometimes even not, the animal knows that it may be relevant to transmit a little bit more of this particular energy or this particular energy, given whatever timing. Very cool. Well, thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Have fun with that. Well, thank you for today's, uh, for coming in and sharing all this wonderful wisdom with everybody. It's been uh, an honor as always, and so glad to have you uh, have this opportunity and this mechanism to connect in this way. So thank you. It is our absolute passion, joy, and pleasure. And we thank you all very deeply, very sincerely for your continuing creation, 
co-creation and participation. We truly are being able to see you all that much clearer as we begin to build the collective reality of all of our preferences, dancing deeper in the dream of the one heart. So we receive your appreciation, and then again we send the invitation of your own appreciation back to you and offer you the ability to further feel the all that is appreciating you for all that you are, all of us together here and now. We bid you an exciting now, filled with the further remembering ring ring of all you know, you know, our deep, unconditional and infinite love to all of you. We are always connected. We love you and we thank you and we wish you a be you to the fullest. There she is. <laughs> and your furry friend there. What's your friend saying? Um, so there's two of them. The other one is outside. Uh, but this one um, I call Ron because um, they're ginger kitties. Um, and so this one's Ron and the other one is Ginny, like from Harry Potter. Um, Ginny's outside, but they uh, picked me. Hmm. And this cat was really interesting when I first got to this new space. Um, and I do the channeling and I'm, I've got a, a sliding glass door right here with a deck. Um, four times in a row after I was channeling, I opened my eyes and there was this cat staring at me. Um, and he's got the most beautiful blue eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would just like stare at me and then he left. And he did it four times in a row where I was like, whoa, I think this is my cat. Uh, <laughs> I started feeding him and then he pulled a lawn con. And turned out he had a had a brother, um, so now I have I have two I have two. Nice. Yeah. So he likes very to cool channeling's happening. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, for for that one and and for most of them, you know, we've we've talked about this. You're you're still sort of present, but you check out a little bit. You're in another space. Are you? Uh, what are you experiencing in that space? It's for me primarily. It's emotions. Okay. Oh, always comes through. Um, and it, so it's being able just to feel that love mm -hmm. that she just so genuinely has for people. And the, um, the other part too is being able to just so fully feel um, what it feels like to just see it, 
to just be like, this is just what it is. This is just how it looks. And that level of, of certainty. Um, and also, yeah, just the, the absolute um, passion that she has to, to give that certainty back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really mainly what I feel. And then from time to time, there's different pictures, different images, different things that come through. Um, from time to time, I'll also um, very much see what she's seeing in terms of the pattern that she's reading from people's particular vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll get flashes of just different colors and shapes and kind of looks like a, a language that she is reading. Um, yeah, it's very dynamic, but for the most part, it's just this deep kind of emotional experience. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. Well, thank you, Gita. Thank you. Fantastic. Let me say that. Fantastic. Thank you, Don. Nice to see you. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. you. It was funny this morning. I was thinking about you um, because Ruben had mentioned to me that you always like to have a cup of coffee before you channel. And I was like, oh, I got to have my coffee. I want to sit down. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you love. So it's really fun to see you and connect with you in this way. I love your work and what you do as well. So thank you for being you. You're most welcome. Love, darling. Yeah. And thank you all for coming on. Great questions. Uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow here and, and we're just building every one of these. We'd love to have you on, uh, you know, down the road some more. Let's keep the, keep the flow going. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for being here, for being yourselves and Ruben, thank you so much for doing what you do for, for all of us. And uh, yeah, just for being you. It's really fun to connect with you too. So. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been too long. We'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it back up. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you like this interview. We actually do this every week on my membership portal page. You can access it through interviewwithed.org or uh, click on the link uh, somewhere in here. I'll put a link and uh, come over and join us. You too can ask questions. Every week we have new special guests and you get to ask questions directly to the channelers and to the beans that they channel. So see you in the portal.